the purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances. Welcome to episode 218 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the membership director for Wealth Builders, joined today by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Chris. Good to be with you again. Yeah, wonderful sunny day today. And uh, we've got an interesting topic to discuss today, which is how safe is your pension? And it was off the back of an article that we read just a week ago. It was pretty shocking. And I think anyone listening today is probably going to get a sharp reminder that they need to take a little bit more attention to things. It's one of these uh, perennial problems and existential problems that I think the UK population just simply do not understand how pensions work. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but the very first pension in the world, in the entire history of the world, was an English pension. And it was in the 1590s. Right? And that was called the Chatham Chest. Now, the Chatham Chest was a, a literally a chest full of money to pay for the benefits for disabled seamen. The reason I know that, it's not that I'm a, a geek on pensions, is for people who don't know my story, my father originally went into national service and he was down in Kent. And I was born in Chatham. So even though I'm a Geordie and I was raised there, so the Chatham chest and is something that, that stuck with me because economic history was part of my degree and I loved all, all that history. And the real first proper pension came in the late 1600s, which was for the Royal Naval Officers, you know, the posh people wearing the braid and the medals. And once you put in 15 years of service, you got 100% of your income <laughs> paid for by the government, the exchequer. And you see that the public sector always look after their own. You know, they're still the only pensions pretty much left where you get some relationship to your salary. It's two thirds now, so it's not as much as then. You know, we'll talk about that because I think people think pensions and the word pension kind of comes from a regular payment. People think pensions mean I've got a pension, I'm going to get a regular payment. Well, you're not. There are just different types of pension. And we're talking today not about state pensions, right? State pensions, you know when the state pension came into the UK? State pension, 1909. And it came in five shillings, Chris. <laughs> right? Five shillings was what was paid in a state pension in 1909. So we've got a big, big history with pensions in the UK, yet we still have the most uninformed group of retirees for reasons I cannot fathom. There's so much information available out there, but so many people put their trust, misguided in my view, into the hands of third parties. And I talk about this when I wrote the first book on the seven pillars of wealth and that the vast majority of people in the UK over-concentrated their future security. And this guy here, how old was he? 65. Right. Okay. So a transition point. Okay. So a big, big, big transition moving from work into not work. So a, a transition in life that he needs to be able to, or needed to be able to predict, to get some kind of certainty 
over what his future income would be so that he and his family could live a life based on not too much compromise, not too much worry. Now he's going to have sleepless nights. He's not going to have enough money coming in to pay bills, as far as we understand. Will probably not, therefore, be able to leave a legacy and will probably run out of money before he runs out of life. And this is what's happening in the UK right now. Yeah, People are running out of money. Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a shocker of a story. Um, and before we get into the details of that, Kevin, let me just tell our listeners to stick around because we're going to share at the end of the podcast how we can help you and uh, a really good opportunity for us to uh, review your pensions and give you some some real help. Before we do that as well, just pinpoint some events we've got coming up this month as well, Kevin. So we've been on the road and uh, we enjoyed our trip to Manchester last month. We have got another event coming up next week, 14th of November, back in London, central London, just near Tottenham Court Road Station, where we're going to be doing a combination of a cash flow night, but also just an informal drinks and networking as well. And so if you're interested in that, or if you're in Birmingham on the 29th of November, then come along and meet Kevin and myself and uh, some of the other Wealth Builders team and, and Wealth Builders members again for a networking evening there and a drink on us. And uh, details of both of those events can be found at wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash events. So grab a ticket. And if you're a Wealth Builders right, well, member. Obviously, I went off on a bit there because you wanted to get that in early. So just wanted to let people that. know. Shall I just give some details around this story, Kevin, which yeah, was published in the, in the Daily Mail just a week ago or so. And as we said, it was a 65-year-old gentleman whose pension had plummeted 30% in one year, which was more than £75,000 decrease. And his pot, which was around £250,000 just mm. 18 months ago, has now yeah. dropped to 160000 And so he's worked hard all of his life, one year away from retirement, and now his plans are in jeopardy. So how safe is your pension, Kevin? Well, the, the real answer is not very, unless you know what you're doing. The real challenge is understanding pensions. The whole world, world of pensions is a bit grey, a bit dreary, a bit drab, and, and, and therefore people often will dismiss pensions. So number one, think, I've got a pension, so I'm going to get a payment. Not the case when I describe the different types of pension. Or, or I'm with a big insurance company, or, or I'm, with, I'm with Vanguard. I must be safe. No, because in that article, Vanguard lost a fortune in their fund. Or, you know, I'm with the Retirement Protection Fund which is you know, the name of a particular insurance company fund called the Retirement Protection Fund, which lost 30%. So it didn't protect the pension fund at all. So in other words, there are challenges with understanding what different types of pension there are or what risks are really happening, and then how to deal with those risks, how to diversify to make sure that you can create certainty in a world that we know is fundamentally uncertain. This is the real essential element of wealth, Chris, that by diversifying or having multiple streams of recurring income, multiple streams, not one stream, then you can create certainty when there isn't, right? And that's the whole point about that. It's why I wrote the book. It's really why I get passionate about this. Because while I can tell a story, I can try and educate people on this. This gentleman's life is going to be devastated. And we've seen this before. You know, we saw this in 2008 when the credit crunch came and 30, 40% was wiped off people's pensions in a heartbeat. And it's happening again. 
and it's going to happen again. And because we know it's always going to happen, and it's going to happen in your lifetime, and it's going to happen in our children's lifetimes, they're going to live to 100. We need to understand how pensions work and the risks that we get. Now, I talked a minute ago, Chris, about the old Royal Navy pensions. And everything with those pensions was all safe. Yeah, It was all guaranteed to be paid. You just had to claim it after 15 years of service, in that case of the naval officers. Currently, you've got a state pension, okay, which pays at 66 and 67 and going to go later and later and later. So you've got to know what that is. So that's a proportion of your pension. And just be aware of that and get yourself a state pension forecast so you've got a sense of that. You can't rely on that because it's not going to make anybody wealthy. It's not going to create certainty, but it will give a small foundation. We've talked many times about finding lost pensions. We're not going to go there today, but you should always look and see where those pensions are because the big lesson of the day is not how much have you got, it's how does it work. If you've got a pension from like a big employer, you've got to know whether it's the method of conversion, right? This is the point, Chris. So let's let's deal with simplistics. Do you remember I told a story a little while ago about my Scandinavian road trip? I do indeed. Now I had different challenges on my Scandinavian road trip, but if you think about a holiday to a country you've never been before, and you go there and you're going to spend the rest of your life there, that's retirement land, right? You're going from work land to retirement land. When you get there, you've got a bag of money, but you've got to know the conversion rate. If you don't know the conversion rate, you don't know how long your money's going to last. And my experience in, in Sweden was I was in a cafe in Sweden, and I gave them some coins. Remember, I was trying to get rid of the coins. But guess what I did? I gave them Danish currency instead of Swedish currency because I wasn't familiar with the currency. And they just kind of looked at each other. It's like it's, It was all over the place. But the point is, when you reach retirement land, you have to know, how does my money convert into income? And people don't know that. Historically, how it would convert is you buy an annuity. You'd say, I've got, let's call it 200 grand just to pick a number because it makes the maths easy. Well, 200,000, I'm going to give 200,000 pounds of my money to an insurance company who will pay me an income like a salary for life until I die. That's called an annuity. Pros and cons of that. And in the 90s, the annuity rate was 15%. Right? So you have 200 grand, you're going to get 30 grand a year for life. Now, okay, there are challenges with annuities in that if you die, the money dies with you. But if you're looking for certainty in your life and you can provide a spouse's pension, then there's something to look at there. Current challenges, annuity rates historically, 1990, 15%. Then we went into 2008, 2009. There were a tiny fraction of that, maybe 2 3%. So you, your money wouldn't stretch very far at all. That's your conversion rate, 3% on your money, 15% on your money. Now it's nearer 5 6%. And some people are buying or converting some of their pension pot to give them a basic level of income. So they've got the state pension plus a basic income. And then so they can combine, they can have a bit of annuity and then the rest of the money remains in a pot. 
This is the challenge, though, Chris, that when you have money in a pot, if you don't know how it actually works, you think that, well, I'll put it in a fund and it will protect me from uncertainty. It won't do that because probably three things. The first thing is, if you imagine when you've got a pot of money, let's call it what would be an analogy. Let's say you've got a, a tank of money. So picture in your mind, if you will, Chris, a cylinder of money. And that's your money for the rest of your life. And you've got an inlet valve for a flow in, and you've got an outlet valve. The problem is you've got three outlet valves. So the inlet valve is the returns you get when you get growth because you're no longer putting money in as a contribution because you're retired, right? So you've got trickle of money, drops into your pot, and there's your pot going into your cylinder. But you've got three outlet valves. Number one, you've got the fees and the charges levied by the insurance companies and advisors and so on who are engaged. By the way, they get paid first, right? So that's happening no matter what, before you get paid. So this gentleman will have paid fees and charges to people, and that's one of the things I'm going to talk about in my score report a little bit later, Chris. So outlet valve number one, fees and charges. Got to do something about that because you can predictably reduce them, which means you keep more of your money inside your own tank. Number two is you're going to spend some money on you. So you're going to take money out. You're going to turn the tap on and drip money out at whatever level you want to. But thirdly, you've got the risk of losses in whatever market you're in. Now, the problem is for most people, they don't factor in that markets can rise and fall. So you can have money going in, money going out, and you don't know where you're going to be. So what happened then in this huge transition between the type of pension where you didn't have to do much, you just had to go to work, you know, pick up your state pension, pick up your company pension, you didn't have any involvement. Now all of that risk has been transferred to you. So you have to be a manager of risk. Now, my favorite quote on risk, you've heard me say it many times before, Warren Buffett, risk is when you don't know what you are doing. And you can't assume that just because you're paying somebody, they're keeping you out of harm's way. They're not doing that. We saw that article, three different insurance companies mentioned, all of whom massive, massive falls. You can't blame them. You cannot sue them. You cannot take action against them if they fail to protect your money because they can't. They might have a product, but the product doesn't always work, which is all about the risk. Do you want to say something, Chris? Because I've been talking about <laughs> for quite a while. Well, I'll, I'll add another point that was in the article, which was that he believed that he was de-risking because at the age of 64, so a year ago, right. his pension was automatically transferred by his pension provider to a fund right. to keep his money safe in low-cost investments, which was a spread of 75% bonds, which we believe to be safe, and 25% in cash like his assets. So he thought that everything was being taken care of. Okay. Now, look, I understand why he thought that. 
But let's let's just go there then. So there's this concept which people have heard about, and they kind of loosely go, "Well, I've heard of that," and it's called lifestyling. And the concept of lifestyling, which for many people is default, and certainly as people approach retirement, there's this idea that as you get closer to retirement, you just have less equities, less stocks and shares in your portfolio, and you have more alternative investments like cash and bonds. The problem is, though, is this this idea of systemic versus non-systemic risk. If things work together, in other words, you can predict when the sun is shining, you sell more ice cream, and when it's raining, you sell more umbrellas, and you you know what's going to happen. You can't do that anymore because the stock market is no longer as predictable as that. So there used to be a correlation, like stock market went up, bonds went down. Stock market go down, bonds go, you know, there was a correlation, but that's broken. And we saw that in the credit crunch in 2008 when everything fell, nothing went in the same sequence. And that's the danger when the whole system breaks down. It's no longer predictable as it was before. And if you don't understand there's a risk to what people think is generally predictable, that 95 years in 100, that works. But in the five years that you happen to be retiring, it doesn't work. You've got to be prepared for that. And if you get to a place where the the, the system fails you and you've relied on that money, you're going to be an unconfident investor for the rest of your life, aren't you, really? Because you're going to say, boy, it worked, but it doesn't work. Yeah. And and lifestyling is meant to actually if you think about lifestyling, the reason why lifestyling came in was to gradually reduce the risk so people could buy an annuity at the best possible rate. So the whole concept of lifestyling is being predicated on the idea of an annuity. Because if it isn't, right, if it isn't, and, and if you were to retire at 65 or 66 and you've got quarter million quid and you transfer that all into cash. Think about that. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go safe. But well, what return are you going to get cash? And historically, cash rates have been low. Now, they're a bit higher right now, but historically, they're low. So that means if your cash rate is low, your conversion rate again, and let's say cash is going to pay you 3%, how much can you draw? Right? So if you've got you know, 200 grand, you're going to get six grand a year. And if you spend more, you're going to be depleting your resources. So this issue of managing risk, managing your your water cylinder becomes really critically important, which is the reason why I think I'm encouraging people to get to grips with understanding that now. So if you're on your journey where you've got money in a pension and you're hoping one day, someday, things are going to work out, there's a big danger, which is we know that Many people's relationship with their money, certainly when it comes to pensions, and there's some evidence of that in this story, isn't there? When did the gentleman discover you know, his pension wasn't going to give him what he wanted when he opened the statement? And your statement once a year. It's not the relationship you want with your pension. You, know, you need to be involved with it. You need to see it as part of a dynamic thing, a part of a mix of different things that you have in your life. Uh, so. Relying on statements is not not the right way to do that. The concept then of being more aware of the fees and the charges, the way risk actually works, 
and then how you can do some things to de-risk yourself. And there are strategies and techniques that you can use both inside of your pension and outside of your pension to build greater security, diversification, to increase your chances of getting where you want to get to. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there, Kevin. Before we go into the details of what you can do, what's the solution, let's pop over to Trustpilot, shall we? Because we've had more reviews in this week and I'd like to highlight one from Damien, which is short and sweet. Christian, Kevin and Paul and the team offer a first class system to help you achieve your goals in life and wealth. And there is an abundance of information and support available. And Kevin, I believe you also got someone you'd like to shout out. Yeah, I would like to shout out. I had a bit of humorous engagement with somebody in the last week. A gentleman, he won't mind if I shout him out. Stuart Hogan is his name. Stuart Hogan. Runs a very, very successful kind of maternity medical business in the UK. And we we were chatting and he made me laugh because he said, I got you, Kevin. What do you mean? He said, well, I've been, I've been binge listening to the podcast. I like it. He said, you know, I've got some interesting things. I said, well, that's fine. It's a random walk around different things. Like today we're talking about pensions, probably best to try and create a plan rather than just randomly wandering through the world of podcasts. But he said, yeah, that's fine. We had a really good and interesting chat. I liked him a lot. And he said to me, do you mind if I do something at the end? I said, what's that? So you know how you always sign off your podcast? And you know how I do that. You go, same time, same place. I go, until then, my friend, see ya. He said, can I do that? And so we finished this. (laughs) He said, see ya. And I thought that was really, really funny. And I really enjoyed that. So Stuart Hoban, you're getting a shout out whether you like it or not. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really good. All right. Well, before I rudely paused you there, Kevin, you're about to tell us what is the solution here. Well, look, I'm a, look. You can tell I'm enthusiastic about this. I'm very passionate about this, and it's it's not dissimilar to my passion about schools and the schooling system, which is, you know, failing our people so dramatically. Rows and rows of young kids lining up doing SATs tests all day long. And there was a recent article I saw, Chris, which I'll, I'll just segue for a moment where some of the politicians were actually given the SATs tests for 11-year-olds that couldn't do it. Mm. You know, so we're doing things wrong fundamentally. And uh, it does worry me to the core uh, what we're doing with our children, certainly not educating them on this, and they're going to get more pension problems in the future. But this is another example. This story just brings into sharper focus the fundamental problem that people don't know how to manage risk. And one of the ways to do that is understanding that certainty comes from recurring income, which is what I think about annuities, recurring income, right? You give the money away. But the problem is you give the money away, you've lost the money. So you've lost the legacy and you've got, you know, you've got no buffer to be able to change things as you grow or as your money grows. You lose all of that dynamic. So you have to want to get involved with your pension. And I think... We believe, don't we, that empowerment is better than disempowerment and that being aware of the wealth of the family to educate and inform the next generation is just as important. So therefore, educate and inform yourself. So we provide a free service to our members and generally a paid-for service to non-members, but I'm willing to, oh, I don't know how many I can do, but let's say, you know, 50 or something, Chris. So we just have to see what happens. 
we do something called a score report, right? What's your pension score? You know me by now. S-C-O-R-E means something. Right? I've got another acronym for you out there. I might have mentioned this historically. I'm sure we've done it before. But everybody gets a statement of benefit from their pension provider like this gentleman did. So the S stands for statement of benefits. In other words, what's the likely outcome from the pot you've got given an expected conversion rate? That's not dealing with the risk for now. Let's just say, what does the insurance company think you're going to get? And how comfortable are you with that? And then add that to your other benefits from your state pension. C stands for charges. The more you pay in charges, the more is not being paid to you. And that gets even more important when you reach retirement, because if you're reducing your risks or reducing your return, then a greater proportion of your total pot, the outlet valve, has got bigger as a percentage of your pot. So keeping the charges down and being aware of what those charges are. And we've certainly seen in recent months some companies being very heavily criticized for their charges, and uh, we applaud that from the FCA. The O is what are the fund options? So have you defaulted into a lifestyle fund? You don't really know what it means. Are you in a default anything? Do you remember I mentioned to you a while ago, Chris, there was a uh, the chancellor brought in a new rule or was bringing one in to say that they were going to put by default a percentage of everybody's money in a pension fund into high-risk funds? Why? You know, and, and what right have they got to do that? But lots of people will fall into that trap and fees and charges will go up as a result of that. So what are the options you've got on your funds? The R stands for retirement options. So what are the different ways you can interact with your retirement? Is it annuity? Is it drawdown, which is the taking your money out of your hot water tank? Is it a hybrid combination and so on? Should you even consider a SaaS? You know, where we know that we believe in empowerment, SaaS pension gives you permission to run your own pension. With our guidance, you can get to a place where you can start to put some of these risk mitigation techniques in place. And the E stands for have you nominated a beneficiary called an expression of wish, E for expression of wish. And what that means is if something happens to you, you don't make retirement, who's going to get the money? And have you done that so it remains tax-free? Because pensions are still value for money in the sense that you get tax relief and you can also get national insurance relief as well. If you use something called salary sacrifice, where you're, you say to your employer, will you pay more money into my pension instead of me paying this amount of salary? And will you redirect the national insurance contributions you were pay as an employer into it? And you get yourself a, a either a boost in pension or a boost in pay, actually, if you know how to do that. So anyway, we do a score report free for our members. Normally, it's like, I think it's, Two ninety-five, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we would normally charge for that. We'll do that free for our podcast listeners. But you need to be quick. How would they do that, Chris? And we'll do a limited number, just because we couldn't do thousands because we we'd go bust too, too much work. Yeah. Um, the easiest way, if you'd like to get your free score report, would be to send an email to hello at wealthbuilders.co.uk and just put score 
in the subject line, nice and clear. And then one of our team will pick that up and respond back to you. And we can send a picture of that tank as well to illustrate the single stream yeah. of income in and and the three free valves going out, the leaky, the leaky tank. Yeah, the leaky, yeah and most most people's pension tanks are leaking. That's a challenge. But you don't, if you if you don't even visualize it, you don't see it. And if you don't see the the money pouring out, you, you don't realize that in the end you could run out of money. And and one of the shocking statistics, Chris, is this idea of turning on the tap and draining money from your tank, right? The average drawdown rate, so when people are turning on their tap, they're drawing 8% out. They're drawing twice as much as they're being recommended. The inevitable consequence is people run out of money. And this is a tragedy because you know, if you imagine you've worked hard all your life, you get into your 70s and your 80s, and you've run out of money, what are you going to do? You're going to have to cut something. Your life is going to be compromised severely. You're definitely not going to leave a legacy. You might have to move home, be forced to. You might have to go and get a job again. You know, in your 70s, and we've had the greatest number of over 70s going back to work and all sorts of different things. You probably see them out there on the in all sorts of different places doing yeah. things. So it worries me a lot. But the things that you can do about it, and probably now I won't go into the risk mitigation techniques, but I could do that if there was, you know, if there was a demand for that, I could do that specifically. Yeah, maybe we'll do it part two. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the, the there are things you can do. You can and you are allowed to interact with your pension. There are many, many things you can do to reduce the risk of the pension pot that you've got. And that's a real benefit because when you're in control of your own wealth, and we recommend people create a family wealth business, a business in itself, where the, the purpose of that business is to create a paycheck for life for you and a paycheck for life. Actually, I don't even like the word paycheck because that sounds like you've got to go and do some work for it. You're getting an income stream for life for you and an income stream for life for future generations. And, and that demands then more knowledge, more interaction, uh, and a greater degree of participation, not just for you, but also for the next generation as well. Because the final piece of my thoughts on this, Chris, is I saw another article, obviously I read quite avidly, where the insurance industry, the advisors, are fearing a fundamental loss of the money they've got under management. You know, this is how advisors running their business, how much money they got under management. As the baby boomers shuffle off and leave money to the next generation, how do you think this gentleman's children are going to feel about an insurance industry and about the advisors? They're going to lose that relationship and that money's going to dissipate, disappear. And in the end, you compound that problem with uninformed children receiving money they don't know what to do it's going to be a nightmare waiting to happen it genuinely is if you can get your head around this idea of creating business of the wealth of the family and you look at things just look at them see if they're relevant risk mitigation techniques or even things like SaaS, where you can involve the whole family then for me SaaS is an intergenerational tool it means if if advisors thought more about SaaS than they did about controlling the money, they'd be able to build a relationship in the next generation. That's what we're doing at Wealth Builders, isn't it? We're, we're building relationships up the generation, mid-generation, down-generation. 
to encourage the holistic nature of wealth being planned and maintained as opposed to let's hang on to the money in the current pension pots for as long as we can and hope to sell our business before the young the young people get the money and the pot the money's all gone there's going to be a fundamental shift in the the wealth of the next generation a fundamental shift in how insurance in the industry deals with it and i think the way to deal with it now is to get more involved so don't think you can't get involved it's not that complicated it's a hot water tank for goodness sake and there are ways that you can do to put cladding around the water tank to prevent the leaks and maybe we should do an accession chris because you know we want to stimulate people to get more involved in their pension instead of just wishing that somebody's taken care of them when we know and this story brings into complete focus they are not i hope this episode has been the catalyst in some way because this is a big big problem more than 6 billion pounds has been wiped from the value of older workers' pensions in the last 18 months. And that means hundreds of thousands of workers have lost an average of 40% over the last two years. So is that some of your money? And if you're not aware, you're not looking, then it may well be. So let us help you. Don't forget, if you'd like the score report, send an email to hello at wealthbuilders.co.uk. Be quick because I'm sure we'll get lots of requests for that. And uh, do come and join us. Come and say hello face to face. Let's have a drink uh, either in London next week or in Birmingham on 29th November. So head to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash events and grab your ticket now. Yeah, and good job that we're buying the drink, Chris, because the way pensions are going, <laughs> I can't come to the event. I've got my pension. It'll around. be waters all round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed this episode, Kevin. We'll catch up same time, same place next week. Yes. Until then, my friend Stuart. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership.